Hello. Good morning. It's beautiful to see everyone. So glad to see your shining faces. For those who do not know me, my name is Nancy Mugambi. Mugambi is sitting just down there next, at the front somewhere. I am a mother of two boys, Jesse and Jerry. They are both teenagers. And the Lord is God in our household. I just want to start by appreciating every woman because we know very well Without women, I don't think nothing would be as beautiful as it is. True or false? It's true. And I just want to appreciate our mothers, mothers who are biological mothers, spiritual mothers, adoptive mothers, surrogate mothers, mothers in all spheres of life. I just want to take this opportunity to appreciate every woman in this place. Please, men and everybody, can we just give them a high clap? Amen. And I just want to remember my mom. She is several thousands of miles away from here. And today, I will call her when I get back here. She is still sleeping. It's seven hours away. And we thank God for his goodness. I would like us to go right into scripture. And today I will be talking from the Bible, from Genesis chapter 16, one of the most minor characters in the Bible, not celebrated. She doesn't come from mobility. There's really nothing to write home about her. There is so much to write about so many other people. Say, there's Sarai, and I want to open the scene, and I want you to walk with me. I want to open the scene. The scene begins in Abraham and Sarai's home. Are we together? The scene? And we've got three characters. We've got Abraham, we've got Sarai, and we've got this other woman who just happens to be just another woman. And I would like you to follow me because you are going somewhere with this. I would like you to follow me closely because God has got so much for us. Our topic today is the God who sees. The God who sees. Eroi. The God who sees me. As we walk through this, I want us to keep reflecting, reflect on our lives, where we are at, where we are going, where we have been. And I know that the Lord is going to be with us. All right. Are we, in, are we there, Genesis chapter 16? We're there? I'm not going to read word for word, but I'm going to narrate as we go along. And I believe each one of you has a Bible. If you don't, homework, write down. Genesis chapter 16 is the whole chapter you go and read. Okay? Amen. 
Let's walk back to the scene of Sarai and Abraham's house. There happened to be this girl. She was Hagar. The Bible records she was a slave girl. Nothing to write home about. There was nothing about a slave girl. Taken against her will. She was a foreigner. The Bible records she is from Egypt. There is nothing else. We don't even know the circumstances as read to her being taken into captive. We don't know whether she was snatched from her family. We don't know whether she had gone to, to the well to fetch some water and some guys decided to take her away. The Bible doesn't tell us anything. It just talks to her as a slave girl from Egypt. And we also notice that this slave girl was a nobody. She was invisible, physically invisible, insignificant. And as we walk along, let's keep reflecting and there are areas you have felt so invisible, so unheard, so unseen. I'll take, for example, the mothers we got today. Sometimes you, you have the children, as they grow older, oh, we do, they do this a lot. It's like they come in, like, Mom, the first thing is, say, oh, what are we eating? Like, hello. Like, how are you, mom? How was your day? Well, am I the only mother who experienced this? What are we eating? That's, that's true. And in Genesis chapter 2, we will see that Sarai hatched a plan. And I call it hashtag fight and air. She was too old. She thought, really, yes. In Genesis chapter 15, the scene there, God had already told Abraham, I will multiply. I will make you great. And he's thinking, yeah, right. I am how old? Menopause kicked in some centuries back. There is no way. And she decided, all right, I am... In the 80s now, the only way this can happen, I'm going to help God. No? I'm going to help God. And what I'm going to do, I'll get this girl. The Bible doesn't say she was asked. She was a slave, therefore she was an object. She was not asked. She was just told, okay, come on. Now tonight, you go to my husband's tent wherever they were. She was not given an option. And I could, I can just look at her and imagine how afraid she must have been shaking and wondering, how, is that true? Are you telling me? But she had no choice. She was a slave. She had to do what the mistress was telling her to do. After all, she was an object. Use you. I don't care about you, but I need to protect 
this family of mine. I need to have an heir. And therefore, she plays God. And Hagar goes with Abraham, and she conceives. And she begins to feel different. And when she feels different, the Bible records then that she began to be scornful towards the mistress. Oh, she's thinking, oh, yeah, I'm a woman, you know? And the Bible records that after that, Sarai, the same Sarai, (laughs) who allowed her to go with Abraham, was angry. And in fact, went to the husband, and told the husband, see what you've done to me? How many men can identify with this? How many men in the house have been told things that you thought? And you decide, okay, just do whatever you want to do for the sake of peace. Am I speaking to somebody in the house? (laughs) Amen. How many here feel unheard? How many here feel unseen? How many here feel invisible? At your place of work, no one cares. The moment you think of going back to work, your head starts spinning. And you're wondering, how I have done everything, and no one seems to see me. No one seems to even give me an inch or an ounce of their time. What's special about this woman? After all, she was a nobody. She was invisible, a slave girl. Then what's special about her? One special thing, she lived in Abram's house. Well, she was an object, part of the household, part of the furniture, part of the wealth. Well, for that reason. And as we alluded to earlier in verses 2 and 3 of Genesis, she was chosen by the mistress to carry on the generation for her. And one very important thing, she actually conceived Abraham's first child, Ishmael. Nothing so much is said about her, but Abraham's first child came from a slave girl. And I'll read. In verses 16, chapter 16, verse 2. I'll start from the beginning. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an, an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. 
Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to wait to what Sarai said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with her, Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abraham, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham said. Do whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated her, Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near the spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road of Shah. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord took her. Sorry, the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that there will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You will come, you, name him, you will name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His head will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards his brothers. She gave his, the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have seen, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bialahoi Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham gave the name Ishmael to the son he had born. Abraham was 86 years old. When Hagar bore him Ishmael. And going back to Hagar, Sarai was angry with Hagar, treated her harshly, and she left. She left. She's pregnant. The Bible doesn't say what trimester she was at at the point. We don't know how long she was away, but the Bible says she left and she went into the desert. I'm imagining her walking in the desert, alone, dejected. She's even worse than a slave now. She doesn't even have a place to live. At least when she was a slave, she had Sarai's home. At least there was some accommodation of some sort in that home. And she was 
Sarai's mistress, that means she must have been eating something from Sarai's table. But she doesn't have any of that now. It's all gone. She's walking alone in the desert, sitting by the pool, and wondering what will become of her. Is she going to go back in Egypt? It's probably too far away. The desert is not a good place to be. Well, they say in, they say in the desert they have snakes. I haven't been there, but I don't like snakes. So, and they say the ones in the desert are really vicious. They are bad ones. So I'm just imagining the, the snakes and the scorpions and the elements, the, the wind and the, the heat during the day and the cold at night and the blizzards and everything in the desert. I'm imagining she didn't even have time to carry something to cover herself, no? She just was so just marching orders, go. And she just left. She had nothing extra to even give herself a bit of comfort. Alone, fighting the snakes and the scorpions and whatever else. And probably protecting herself or hiding. I don't know how she had to hide in the desert. Hiding from the merchants. Just in case she is sold again. And at that point of need, that point when everything was gone, everything had been taken away, everything, she was totally and completely helpless. Thank God, the angel of the Lord was there. And I asked her, hey God, Actually, the angel of the Lord even knew her name. She, she knew her name. He called her by name. That's profound. And I want to tell you today that God knows you by name. I don't know what situation you are through, going through today. I don't know where you are at in your life, but God knows you by your name. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, even knows what she is. Where have you come from and where are you going? And sometimes when we are going through situations, we tend to forget. Or sometimes we are so we are so lost in what we are going through that we forget that there is a God who sees us. And I want to encourage someone today. It doesn't matter what your past has been. It doesn't matter what tomorrow will bring because it is in God's hands. But wherever you are at, whatever is, is happening in your life, God sees you. God knows you by name. Even those names that you haven't even never told us, the pet names that you haven't mentioned to anyone, God knows you by that. And he will meet you at your very point of need. Your very point of need. 
Sometimes there's so much happening, so much happening in our lives. And because of that, then we, we forget that God is there. And we are human. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage someone today as I encourage myself that God sees you. He is Eloi, the God who sees me. At that point, a slave girl who was nothing, invisible, and nobody, she actually had a light bulb moment. Wow. Wow. He actually called my name. He actually even knew that I was a slave girl in Sarah's house. He knows it. He knows it. And now, he sees me. He sees me. Let's be encouraged that the Lord sees us. The Lord sees us. And then, the story doesn't end there. What can we learn? The Lord keeps on pursuing us. He is never, never left us alone. What can we learn from the story? In Genesis 7 and 8, where are you are today? What has gone wrong or not gone wrong in your life? At there times you're thinking, what else can go wrong? What else? At times, it feels like everything you touch goes wrong. Even when you, everything you, even you try to think about it, it goes wrong even before you utter it. Everything seems to go wrong. And I know some of us, and we know people who have left the faith because they have asked, where is God? Why is God in all this? If God is there, why are we struggling? Why is this happening to me? But today we know it doesn't matter what is happening to you. It doesn't matter where you are at. God is still pursuing you. From Sarai's house, she walked and she thought she was alone. And she's sitting by the stream. And the Lord met her there. Have ever thought about it? I'm not thinking, well, God would have met her halfway. Like, ah, oh, yes. So, hey, guys, so where are you going? I am. You have just run away from Sarah, my mistress. He would have said, oh, no, 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 just turn around. Then why did he allow her to go all the way to the pool, sit there, and wallow in all this and fight all everything she had to fight. Because God is sovereign. That's who he is. He is sovereign. And sometimes he will not always do A, B, C, D. Life is not A, B, C, D to Z. Sometimes it will be A, 
and then you hit to Z, and K in the middle, all you need to do is trust that God is working with you. You just have to trust that God is working with you. And even when you cannot hear, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. Remember when the story of David in Psalms 23, when it says, Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the midst of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. At that point where David was putting that psalm, the best psalm that we all can say, we, we say left, right, back to front, and the other way. By that point, David would not have been going through a lovely time, just walking in the gardens and feeling the breeze through his hair. No. It was a tough moment. It was tough. It was hurt. He was down in the dumps. But even in that time, he knew that only the Lord could reach him. And I wouldn't want to raise your hand, but if you're here, and I know there are many here, there are many here asking questions. There are many here who are wondering. Just remember, the Lord sees you. The Lord sees you. Now what? Okay, she has... Hey guy, at the stream, the Lord has told her, or she's told her, and she's told her, I will bless you. But then she did tell her, he did tell her something, said, return to your mistress. Hello. She's just told me to hit the road, and you're telling me to go back to that same place? That same woman, didn't you see her? Didn't you see the range on her eyes when she talked to me? I'm pregnant. She didn't even give me anything to carry with me along the way, even some food or a drink. She just told me, get lost. And you're telling me to go back? What does that require? Says, go back. And every time, times you always think that I have to, God has to, I have to move to the next and move to the next. No. Sometimes God wants us to linger. Because God wants to mold our character. God wants to teach us. And sometimes those are the places of provision. And sometimes we abort God's time. Because it's uncomfortable. She goes back, all right. Well, I'm sure she was all dusty. She can't have been looking good. And she walks back humbly. I'm just thinking she's just like, okay, I'll go. And she goes back. 
And I'm thinking of Mr. I, just sitting out there, and sees her from a distance, sees, well, this figure coming from a distance. Well, there's a custom of those days, what they would do, they were very hospitable people. Abraham was very hospitable. Every time, or oh, sees anyone passing, oh, come on, Sarah, let's go get this, make them some food. And she's thinking, oh, that could be one of another one passing by. We'll give them something to eat, and they'll be on their way. But lo and behold, it's the woman that I told to leave. And at the scene, I'm just trying to imagine this woman coming in, humbly, fearful, but with a joy, a joyful heart, a resolve that the Lord has seen me. And the Lord has told me, i got to come back. And I'm thinking, she, Sarah is asking her, okay, so, so what, what are you here for? Hmm? Said, oh, well, you know, uh, I was just at the, at the stream, you know, you know, down in the desert, probably Sarah hasn't been there anyway. Yeah, that, that place. And I was just sitting there, and uh, this angel of the Lord came and told me, I need to come back. And you know what he said? That he's going to bless me. I'm going to be extremely blessed. Well, she doesn't even want to listen to, to that anyway. I, <laughs> I don't know what the reaction of Sarai was, but I tried to imagine that the Lord may have already gone before her the girl, and talk to Sarai. So, you don't want to talk to an angry woman. Just stay away. But God may just have been gone there before her. And when this lady was getting there, she was received back home. And she ate of the choice. She now was carrying a child of Abraham, and that changed everything. And for her provision and everything she needed to be continued to be provided, that she needed to stay there. The baby was provided for. I imagine that probably they upgraded her room to something better because she was carrying Abraham's child. Now what? Stop running. Stop running. You know what you're running from. You know what you're running from. And God knows what you're running from. God would like us to know today, stop running. Just return and submit. So that return. Hagar was told, return to your mistress and submit to her. There is a returning and a submitting. They come hand in hand for the Lord to pour his outflow or his blessings and his goodness and his love upon us. Praise the Lord. That as we return to whatever we have been running from, I know what I've been running from. Because you're too scared to face it. 
or appears too big for us or have been hurt too many times. I have prayed for those children too many times. I have talked to my husband too many times. I have tried to resolve things with my wife too many times. I have tried to call my children too many times. I've been hurt too many times. I can't do this anymore. The Lord says, return and submit. And the Lord will then take over from that point on and leave you. Praise the Lord. And you're saying you have no idea the kind of storm I have been going through. My kind of a situation is like no other. I don't know. But God knows. You remember the Psalm, the Matthew 8:26, when the disciples were in the lake of Galilee and they were going to the other side and the storm came and they were worried and scared. And at that point, they knew that they were going to die. And in fact, they were not very kind to Jesus. But what did Jesus do? He woke up and calmed the storm. He was right there with them. And whatever storm there is in your way, whatever storm you're going through right now, I want to tell you today that the Lord sees you. Eloi sees you. He sees you when you go to sleep. He sees you in the middle of the night when you can't sleep anymore because you're so worried. He sees when you, you're so anxious. He sees when you're in so much pain in your body that you're wondering what's the point of living. He sees when there are repeats of the same things over and over again. They have said, okay, you thought the cancer was gone and it's coming back. God, I thought you healed me. I have, my children have been brought up in faith and now they have walked away. God, I thought I was doing the right thing. I have tried to call my children. I have tried so many things, but they are not working. Eloi sees you. Eloi sees where you are at. Eloi sees your specific need because he knows you by name. He is never having a bad day. Delays are not necessarily denial. There will be times of molding and shaping and building of character, but does not mean that the Lord has forgotten you. He sees you.
It might be not be as comfortable as it should be. It might not feel as good as it should be. They're returning and submitting. It's not very comfortable. But the Lord sees you. Trust the Lord because he sees you. He knows you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Rise up. Keep moving. Dust off and keep moving. And when you fall, rise up again. Dust off and keep moving. And when you're too tired to work, then crawl. And when crawling is too hard, roll. Just do something, but don't stop. Keep going. For the Lord sees you. If you do not remember anything else I said, just remember the Lord sees you. Say, the Lord sees me. And put your name in it. The Lord sees Nancy. He sees me. And he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. According to Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I got for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. What a blessed assurance. What a blessed assurance. May the Lord bless us today. And I pray that as many as are here today, I want to admonish you. Do not give up. I don't know where you are at, but I know that the Lord has been with you. I know that the Lord has spoken to you. And as I call the worship team get back, as the worship team plans to come back, I would like us to stand on our feet. If you can't stand on your feet, that's okay. If you can't, that's okay. And if you'd like prayer or somebody to stand with you after the service, you can come down here. We'll be here. But as we stand up right now, I want us to reflect. Each of us reflect in our hearts. And let the Lord minister to you. Let the Lord minister to you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you that you are a Lord, the Lord who sees me. And that alone gives me such assurance, such great joy to know that you see me. at my very point of need, that I do not have to walk alone because you've already made provisions for me. 
where, where I felt invisible, unseen, unheard. Thank you for you see me. Thank you for loving us, Lord. And as we go to our homes, every man, every woman, every child, I pray today that, Lord, you will go before us. And as we go and live our lives from today, that today will turn, make a turnaround for us because you see us, Lord. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to you. Thank you.